Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 47 of The Pond. Alongside, we got Michael Pulford and Curtis Kennedy, and you know me, Colton Pegna. We're here for another week of hockey and uh, all things that come around the game. I gotta apologize in advance. Allergies are absolutely destroying me right now. My throat is scratchy, and no, it's not COVID, so... Um, before all you guys jump down my throats about it i am okay but allergies oh my god i don't know if it's been messing with you guys but i've been i've been an absolute mess this past week like allergies have just been destroying me so knock on wood i've never had bad allergies hoping to keep it that way um but has it been nice there you guys got like snow last week or some shit eh yeah last last uh or maybe a week and a half ago we had really cold stretch and we had a little bit of snow and of course the week or the couple days before that it was like 32 33 degrees super humid and then just a random cold stretch now it's back up to like 34 degrees just unbearable sweltering like disgusting humidity <laughs> need a pool so got a little one, one footer in the backyard that yeah. we'll lay down and try and stay cool. oh buddy dude it's just getting warm here out east um Glad I missed the cold weather. I'm gonna be back in back in Ontario soon, but um, I've been enjoying the warm weather. the 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 water, like the river, is still fucking cold. Um, but I've definitely enjoyed some time at the beach, tanning my nuts. You know, nothing gets you fired up for summer than the nice bronze nutsack. So, oh yeah, boys are buzzing <laughs> over here. Oh yeah, so uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm ready for summer, dudes. I'm on a little bit of a holiday here, and I'm uh, fired up. Yeah. Yay. I mean, perfect time for you to get a holiday break, right? You've got some exciting hockey that we've been watching. And uh, I don't know oh, about yeah. you guys. If if I was to ask you right now whether or not you've... And I know the second round isn't over, so you can't, like... This is, this is just up until this point. Did the first round kind of, like, exceed your expectations in terms of, like, exciting hockey? Or has the second round been better? What do you guys think? I, I really like the second round. There's seems like most of the games except for the canadian division which has been brutal has just been elect electric yeah. and with the fans like in the coliseum in the garden those are two oh, like yeah. storied arenas that have just insane like fans uh vegas is vegas now one of the like almost i saw dana white talking about it. it looks like they've been there for like 60 years and with the fan base that they have created in that in that place that wasn't really considered a hockey market and then colorado yeah. like diehard fans that even were the nordiques and everything and yeah man this is a good series or good couple series for me except for the montreal winnipeg it's been dull to say the least yeah so. yeah that's, that's been brutal but yeah i agree i mean i feel like part of it is a lot of the time the second round is kind of the least exciting round um Often there's a lot of like four one sweeps in the in the second round, and it, it's just like you're not quite at the conference final, and it's not the first round, so people are like it's kind of that weird in between. But this year, having this be like the division final, um, so figuring out like teams that have been playing against each other all season, now we get to find out like who's the best team or which team is going to come out of each of the four divisions. I think that's also adds a little bit of stakes, extra stakes to the second round. Um, and yeah, man. Other than that, other than that Canadian division series, it has been some unreal hockey. And uh, I mean, I got a chance to actually like the the first Colorado Vegas game has wasn't too late, and the one tonight isn't too late either. So I'm enjoying a chance to watch those games. And oh my god, dude, 
the the difference in that hockey like i was watching the the end of the montreal toronto series and the the beginning of montreal winnipeg and it's like night and day dude it's like watching an ahl series versus an nhl series it's fucked yeah totally agree and like we can even we're probably going to touch on it just a little bit but like and uh even watching that the game seven of toronto montreal oh my god it was it was actually so disappointing because it was the third period 15 minutes left in the game and it was like toronto couldn't even like make a tape to tape pass in their own end like it was like missing bouncing off the boards and stuff and i'm like okay this is this was supposed to be the team that was going to represent like the north division going on to the final four like are you serious like if toronto played like that how they played in the last 15 minutes of game seven if they played like that against one of the other teams it would have been a 4-0 sweep like easy like they wouldn't even yeah. been a contest yeah. and i don't know yeah but... they looked rattled yeah this um, was over here but dudes before you... oh i can't imagine dude Chris was saying it was like the most lackluster 500 crowd or whatever people yeah. there at the game too, and it was there was no noise or anything. Like, just looks like these guys are tired yeah. of playing in front of no one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true. But uh, boys, before we dive into the hockey, we got to get some uh, talk about some golf because I know you guys have been out now that Ontario's opened up, and I've been buzzing around. And uh, I got a question for you guys. I'm sure, like, I haven't been to that many courses around. Uh, KW yet, but I'm sure there's there's a similar issue. Why why do golf courses put roads right beside fairways? Um, <laughs> I had one of the courses I've been playing a lot here. Uh, you basically the first tee box is downhill over a pond, um, and then like fairly straight, it opens up a bit to the right, and then the entrance road that like comes in off the main road goes right beside that fairway up the hill to the parking lot um so like if you if you hook it right it's it's gonna it's on the road and they literally have signs like honk before you turn this corner because there's gonna be balls flying at you and like so i i hit left so my slice goes left like away from from the road um and it's about uh it's about the right distance i usually hit my four iron on that one which i slice more than most clubs um so last round I'm there, I'm uh I'm ready. I'm like, okay, I always hit my four iron into the trees on the left, so I'm gonna aim it a bit right. Um, and you know what they say, best way to fi- fix a slice is to to aim for it. So <laughs> aim a bit right, pipe oh, no. it straight, <laughs> dude. I hit the pavement and it bounced across like the main road. Yeah. <laughs> and i was like man like why you gotta do that like most people hit right and so that like goes with their slice it, like there must be cars that get hit oh definitely. Dude, it's funny you say that because we last weekend we actually uh golfed at brookfield which the main road like to get down to the actual course goes down like the one of the first holes like on gold which is like straight down like parallel to the to the actual uh lane and and we were driving in the one day in Colton's car, which is a pretty nice car. Like, I mean, any car would suck to have a golf ball hit at it. But yeah. like someone literally <laughs> soared yeah. right on top of the concrete, like maybe a car's length in front of us, and it bounced over or bounced like right behind us. It was such a close oh, call. Shit. Yeah, and then yeah, dude. not to mention, I don't even too, know, like, like, who's liable for that? I, Dude, I have no idea. I, I don't think anyone. <laughs> I don't know. It's like so, get fucked. 
When, and have, it was a, funny. have a hole in your windshield. Yeah, that same round that we were golfing at Brookfield, I uh one of the back holes, I think it's like hole four or something. There's a there's a road that long, runs like right beside uh oh the fairway. And oh my god, dude, I piped a ball so far off of the fairway that I swear to god, like <laughs> if there was a car that was there, it was getting hit like a hundred percent. There was no missing because yeah. I yeah. I piped that so far off off course that like that would have been right through windshield and I didn't even attempt to look for it. I'm like, yeah, that's way gone, like way gone. <laughs> Hitting um, from the other side of the road. Yeah, I was like, you know what? <laughs> they can keep that one. If somebody had it in their car, like that's fine. You just keep it. <laughs> it's a couple really tall to like block those kinds of shots, but they just soared way over yeah. them. <laughs> And just landed right on the <laughs> great contact just wrong direction yeah 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 <laughs> yeah i thought i saw austin matthews golfing the other day but it wasn't so <laughs> i'm sure he's hitting the links pretty quick yeah probably in arizona where there's like life going on yeah like normal yeah yeah that's true yeah some nice golf courses out there too i guess but to answer your question mike i have no idea why they do that because uh, it's it's just it's <laughs> annoying it sucks for both the golfer and the driver uh it's just a stressful situation yeah. that 100 percent could be avoided and that one time that you made good yeah. contact in it and went straight that's like it's like nice okay i did that but then it's also like oh not a good time not the right timing for that to happen like no no exactly oh so, yeah but exactly like right after i hit it to a biker went by and i was like oh man if i hit a biker that would be fucked that wouldn't have been good (laughs) not a good situation um but i mean golf aside we actually it's nice that we're able to golf again so that's good uh and you've been golfing too um and we have a lot of stuff that we need to talk about this week like not just the stanley cup playoffs which is weird because that's kind of been you know the sole focus of our episodes the last couple times but man we got like a lot of different avenues to talk about this week eh yeah man i mean i was kind of a couple weeks ago i was okay with just leaving the world championship out of it after canada lost that first game to latvia but the boys came back with a vengeance and uh oh and three start uh i don't know i don't know who they lost the second and third games to but uh canada beats Russia in OT in the quarterfinals. Unreal move by Troy Stetcher. I think we tweeted that out. Yep. And then uh, beat the U.S. in the semifinals two days ago. Um, unreal. So we're fucking, we're in the finals against Finland, I think, starting in 20 minutes as we, as we record here. Okay. Um, but so after starting 0-3, Canada, just to make the quarterfinals, needed to win all of their remaining games in regulation and then they needed finland to win two games in regulation us to win a game in regulation norway to win a game in regulation um and germany latvia to not go to overtime um so so much had to happen it all happened the boys got out of the group wow and uh they seem to have found their stride and it's fun because it's like not the usual stars right but um you got like andrew mangiapani popping off uh, Darcy Kemper's our goalie. Got Owen Power playing D. He hasn't even played in the NHL yet. He hasn't even drafted yet. Um, yeah. And then is it uh, Connor Brown buzzing from Ottawa? I think we got three Ottawa players on the team. Yeah, Nick Paul too and Bernard Docker. But I honestly haven't been really following the World Championship. I've been slacking there. 
but I've been watching the highlights, man. And Canada, they just seem like, like, like you said earlier in the week, they're just a wagon still when they're bad. Like they're not like the yeah. best team on paper, but like they've got some guys that you haven't really heard of, but still just getting it done. Like bringing it home to yeah. Canada. That's what we like to see. So yeah. it's good. And Gerard Gallant with as the head coach, dude, he's gonna be in the NHL again next season. Like no oh, question. 100%. Um, yeah, what a coach and great experience for those young guys too, because it's a lot of younger players, right? Um, great experience getting to play a senior world championship, but to have a coach like that as well is like they must must be loving it too. Yeah, I think big for Gallant, like you said, Mike, because he was uh, talking with New York right before he went over. So this could be like yeah. kind of an audition for him there. See what you can do with this team. And maybe that's a testament what you can do with other guys. So good yeah. coach, man. I mean, he's, there's he's a chance coach. too. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a chance too, that he ends up in uh expansion again with Seattle, right? They haven't named their coach yet. Have they? Yeah, true. No, they haven't. Or at least I don't oh, think yeah. they have. So no, I'm pretty sure they haven't. They named a, uh, what's his name ron francis is the gm but i okay. don't think they have a, a coach yet so yeah. i thought i heard um, there's like a couple that. guys out there they could they could pick up but yeah 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 um but also another big thing i mean shout out to canada i think they were even odds against finland today in the final so that's that's gonna be a banger hopefully we can pull out the dub i think it's been a few years since canada won gold at the world championship because most of our most of our best players are usually still in the playoffs but uh this year, I think everyone's kind of kind of battling on um, reserve teams and Canada pulling through, baby. So love to see it. Um, love it. As always, we're a wagon. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, OHL uh, draft too. This is something we got to talk about. Some um, some big news coming out there. Um, Taya Curry becomes the the first woman ever to uh, be drafted in the OHL draft. Um, so that's, I mean, unreal really really cool um so she gets drafted 14th round 267th overall by the sarnia sting she's a goalie and she plays for elgin middlesex which is like one of the wagon um like teams prior to junior right so um she's definitely made her made her way up and i haven't i haven't seen anything yet but like i think it was only in the last couple of years that they made it um like allowed to draft girls into the the OHL. Um so at the time I remember thinking like oh well like that's cool but it'll never happen so it's it's yeah. cool to see it happen. Um and it'll be yeah. dope if she can make the team and and play some games. Yeah, it's super sweet. Like I think that's going to be big cuz NWHL is trying to become a thing, right? With the NHL Women's Hockey League. This could be big and just getting people to just watch it and That'd be a hell of an interesting yeah. story to follow through with. Be awesome to have her try and get her on the pod, like you said. Maybe we can oh, yeah. get her. Yeah, hundred percent, dude. Reach out. Um, yeah, and even like women's hockey, it seems to be like they're they're not quite there yet in terms of the like building an institution that has like a professional league. But man, it's exciting to watch. And I love like I think it's Sportsnet um that at that the intermissions they're they're showing highlights from the canadian i don't know what the name of the league is called um uh, yeah, but it's CAA. like a women's tournament going on right now yeah i'm not 100 percent sure um Man, some of these they're dirty. but like yeah. they're like ripping dude it's nasty yeah some of them it's like it's very impressive to 
to see like you know just because we don't get exposed to it all that much in terms of like high level uh women's hockey it doesn't really happen a whole lot i guess the only time that we really see it is um i watch it a ton when it, the winter olympics is on and it's like those those yeah. games are fun 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 to watch so i mean it's also oh, yeah, yeah the, very like you said before mike one of those it's just one of those things to happen like remember when um like it got passed that the, you could draft uh like women in the like in the draft and then we were like oh yeah like it's good to see but you know when are we gonna see it is it gonna be soon i don't know probably mm -hmm. not and then to have this happen like this is history in the making so so and i mean yeah. what she how, like how old is she like 16. 16 yeah dude like can you imagine yeah. like being that young and, and making history like that like that's incredible so um good on her and yeah. she she seems like she's like a, a absolute wall in the net so i mean yeah and she's a goalie yeah. man that's a tough position yeah. to play like <laughs> that'd be stressful as yeah. as the parent having a, a like a goalie as a kid playing like if my kid ever has like the urge to play goalie i'm gonna maybe try and talk him into being a center or <laughs> not just expensive but i'd just be sitting there so stressed to be like don't let this in like i used to play hockey and yeah. like house league and everything yeah. before and uh you see these pucks and like it'd be like all the way on the other side of the net and the guy lets it in you'd be like come on put your stick down on the ice bud <laughs> yeah 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 and uh i mean i wonder like i it'd be interesting to ask her hopefully we can get a chance to talk to her but uh um i wonder like what the like at what point do you start playing men's or like boys hockey and i wonder how many girls there are that aren't goalies right because goalie does feel like a position where you can kind of transition from girls to to boys um fairly easy because the the rules changes don't really affect you all that much um but i wonder if there are um players like i know tatum who who we went to school with like she's an absolute monster yeah. um i'm i have no no doubt that she would have been able to to compete um so it's it's really fun to see and hope hopefully it continues um and hopefully yeah hopefully she can get get some game time for the sting next season um or or at some point even but uh really really cool to see she's going to be the, i think the second goalie ever to play second or third goalie or woman to ever play in a chl league um shannon sabados i think played for the i'm, I'm just looking tri-city americans in the whl in 2003 um and then man in rome who uh, is the only woman to ever play in the NHL, um, played in the Q way back in the day. So um, would be cool. She's the first one ever drafted, so that's awesome. Um, and just got to highlight that because growing the game, baby. And, uh, yeah, absolutely love to see it. Um, one other thing, I was looking just looking into the OHL draft a bit. The guy that went first overall, his name is Quentin Musty. And uh, now that I say it, like, it rings a bell. I feel like I've heard about him before, but just all-time name, dude. Yeah, wow. That's awesome. And the, guy, and the guy looks like he's, like, not 16. He looks like maybe coming up on being an <laughs> overager or something. Like, some dirty stuff. <laughs> I am <man>. 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a yeah, hockey name. Um, but, I mean, congratulations. Yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah we'll have to get him on, too. 100%. And it's been a tough year because a lot of people like um, Curry, like she wasn't able to play this past year because of COVID. 
Um, so a lot like the, this draft, I guess, is a little bit weird because a lot of the players getting drafted haven't really played in in close to a year. Um, and so I guess the scouting gets a little bit out of whack that that way as well. But uh, it'll be cool to see what these guys can do in, in the OHL. I mean, I'd say it's the best uh, CHL league and always fun to watch. Um, and yeah, dude, it's gonna be gonna be a banger. Some of these some of these kids coming out. I mean, we saw um, Shane Wright and uh, Bed Guy at the the under under eighteens or whatever it was, just freaking rocking. So yeah. Um, so HL baby, um, yep. but I mean, we gotta we gotta talk kind of not. Uh, uh, you want to guys want to do Leafs first? Little RIP. Yeah, let's, let's let's touch on it. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious curious what your guys' takes on this are, um, because I feel like the the fan base is like obviously they always overreact, but yeah. This is a massive overreaction. Um, I feel like, first of all, it is, in my opinion, like, don't get me wrong, I would love nothing more than for a Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup. And if Montreal can do that, if Winnipeg can do that, all the power to them, I'll be buzzing for them. Um, But it really does feel to me like the Leafs were the team that can compete against those top teams, where, like, We'll get to get into it, but you look at like the Colorado series, and it's hard to see Montreal touching the puck against either of those teams, especially yeah. seeing the way they played against the Leafs. Um, but I feel like you got it. You got to take it in context, man. Like these guys are still like their their core is still really really young. Um, a lot of like you look at a lot of the teams that have had success recently didn't have success in the first few years of uh, of their stars' careers. I mean. Stamkos, the Lightning didn't do shit in their his first five seasons. Um, Washington didn't do shit with Ovechkin's first five seasons, right? I don't even think they got out of the first round. Um, you look like even Colorado, people forget. Like McKinnon, he's, he's got a bargain contract now, but when he signed that deal, he was not, like it was a pretty value deal. Like he wasn't, uh, wasn't getting underpaid a whole lot given his production. Right. Um, so... I feel like you kind of have to take it as a grain of salt. You know, they're, they're developing. And I think a lot of people are also overlooking the Taveras injury. I mean, yeah, you should still be able to win that series without him. But especially how Montreal plays and how defensively they play and how much of a problem Carey Price is. Um, it feels like someone like Taveras is exactly the last person you want to lose in a series like that. Because especially for the Leafs, he's kind of been... Like, he's not the flashy number one star anymore, right? He's kind of, you know, he's your second-line center. He gets to the front of the net, and he gets a lot of those, like, garbagey goals, right? Like, back post happens, like, right place, right time sort of thing. Yeah. And it feels like that's exactly what they needed in that series. And and so, I mean, that like, obviously you can't... Part, part of, In my opinion, part of winning the Cup is getting lucky. You have to be able to stay healthy. You have to get the right bounces. And it felt like Toronto didn't have any puck luck in this series. Um, and then obviously they weren't able to stay healthy either. So, I mean, I think you run it back with the the same lineup or as close to it as you can. And you just got to give it a few kicks at the can, man. Like, it's not like you can build a team and then immediately win. It's just not the way it works. Yeah. Them talking about Marner getting traded to me, is I agree with everything you said. Like, them talking about, like, blowing the team up and trading people, like, 
this was the same stuff that they were all talking about with Nylander a couple of years ago. We don't need this guy. Get rid of him. Now look at him. One of the best performers of that series. And nobody's talking about Nylander trade. They're all talking about Marner because just seems like, yeah, it just seems like they've not really been like really hurt like this group of players from like a like a tough loss like that like where you really feel the playoffs you're so close to moving on but you can't jump the series ahead and start thinking about your next series when you haven't won that current series yet you know it seems like as soon as they lost that game five they got super scared like oh oh no we're gonna do this again and uh maybe this fires them up i think they run it back with this team one more year if nothing happens, same kind of exit, then maybe you start thinking about it. But for Dubas to, or Dubas, whatever you want to Dubes. say. <laughs> Dubas. What? Yeah. Oh, I'm French. Dubas. Dubas. I think it'd be silly for them to to do a, a big trade or something and not give this team another shot. Because it was, in the whole regular season, one of the better teams that they've had in a while. Just seems like, yeah, like you said, health and everything kind of played a factor so uh getting rid of marner too like i don't know who you're going to trade him to or get a piece back where you get something that exactly. you think is valuable so stick with it yeah. and then maybe one more year you might look at it a different like a little bit differently so yeah i cool. you know what what's your, what's your take i'm i'm slightly different than both of you guys um I'm not jumping on the bandwagon of like you know trade one of the big four guys uh that they have um that you know Toronto's known for but I I I personally think like something needs to change uh right now they're working with a short amount of time to be able to get this done and I mean there's already been talks in the last couple years about when Austin Matthews goes to resign like he's just going to resign in Arizona right so with that being said you know that's obviously a theory but you know the possibility of it happening could like it's pretty high if they have no success in the next couple of years it does austin matthews want to sign somewhere else like is it almost like a jack eichel situation where it's like the team isn't really going anywhere so it's like what's the point of staying you know what i mean i personally think that uh the problem isn't mitch marner and it's not you know uh austin matthews or Tavares or or nylander i think it's it's more on the blue line like i think their blue line is just not up to snuff with the other teams like you look at some of the best teams in the league right now and look who's on their blue line like their number one guy right now is morgan riley and if it's not morgan riley then it's tj brody and and or or jake Jake muzzin Muzzin, yeah jake muzzin too but jake muzzin's not like you put jake muzzin up against victor hedman there's no comparable you put him up against like uh somebody like Kale McCarr and there's no comparable or Alec Martinez and Shea Theodore on Vegas. Like just the, the speed and the skill on these other teams in terms of their blue line. Like it makes me think that why Winnipeg is now struggling because there's there, they don't have a blue line that's able to, to play playoff hockey. And some of these teams are so good on the blue line that their offense is just, it's hitting from everywhere. You know, Toronto never really hits from the blue line. Like there, there's no threat from the blue line. It's all up front. Austin Matthews is the guy yeah. who scores. You, you got Nylander, who was big in that in that series, but uh, couldn't. Well, he did actually score, so never mind. He did come up clutch in a sense. Um, but there's there's so many other like things to point out other than the big four up front on Toronto, and uh, like even 
people saying it's Jack Campbell. No, it wasn't Jack Campbell. He was doing everything he could to keep them in that series. And like three games, uh, three bad games in a row, which is like technically like a slide, you could say is it's just bad timing for the Leafs to to be on a slide in the middle of the playoffs, especially after losing your captain and you know wanting to yeah to win for him, right? So. I don't know. It's too too bad. I, don't know, I would be I'd be looking at more Morgan Riley or or like just your decor in general and and be like, okay, where do we go from here? You know, are these our guys for the future yeah. or no? So I disagree with you a bit about the blue line. I think like obviously Muzzin was out game seven and a half of game six, but I think Muzzin is a legit number one D man. Um obviously nobody's gonna compare to, to Victor Hedman. Um, and, and there are teams with better decors, don't get me wrong, but I think you just have to, at this point, given where their money is allocated, you have to steer into the slide, right? You can't, you're not going to be able to turn it around and have a top, top five decor in the league. I think with Muzzin, TJ Brody was an unreal addition for them. Morgan Riley's money still. Um, and then Justin Hall played, I thought pretty well in the playoffs this year. He's a solid, solid pickup or like upgrade from the ahl um bogosian not too bad and then you have like sandine dermot as that last maybe that last guy is a little bit weak um and maybe they were getting a little bit more ice time than they should have uh as that series got deeper um but for me i think you really like you got to steer into the skid in your bottom six um like it felt like dubas you know and everyone said it like oh they need more grit they need more uh, physicality, you know, that shit. And so he goes out, he gets Wayne Simmons, he gets um, Nick Foligno, um, and and these guys that are, like, there to, to hit and be gritty. But that's not what their team is about, dude. Like, their team is fast and highly skilled. Yeah. So I feel like those types of signings actually ended up, like, diluting what they're good at, and they got away from their game against Montreal. They were kind of trying to play like, quote-unquote, playoff hockey and beat Montreal at what Montreal was good at. Yeah. Where I felt feel like if Toronto just played the way they played all regular season and, like, high-powered offense, we're going to just run over you, um, I feel like they would have been better off that way. And, like, you look at, like, the bottom six Carolina has, and I think Carolina, like, obviously buzzing because Steve's in that bottom six, but um, you look at those guys and it's, like, younger players that aren't necessarily those grit guys like they're playing that role but they're not like they're they're they're, they're still skilled they're fat and and they can play physically when they need to um and i think i think it's like you you see like mitch marner on the penalty kill and it's like often the best players are going to be the best at whatever they do you just have to allocate their time when they're going to produce offensively rather than defensively so i think instead of trying to find "Quote unquote grit." You just need to find good, fast, skilled players, and then put them in that role. I mean, we saw how effective Jason Spezza was in the bottom six role. Yeah. He's not your uh, your typical gritty player, right? And and he was super effective. So I think you make some moves there. And then another thing is, I think that Freddie Anderson's done. Um, you obviously you don't need him. Jack Campbell is has proven he can be a number one. And he's getting paid half the price. So get Freddie Anderson out of there, free up some space to maybe bring in a signing in that bottom six or maybe a, maybe a top four D-man. Um, but yeah. so it's interesting you talk about the blue line too, Colton, because 
we got some we got some very good defensemen hitting the market. Um, I think Dougie Hamilton's a UFA at the end of this season, and uh, Seth Jones has said he's not re-signing in Columbus at the end of next season. So they'll presumably be looking to move him at some point. So would you make a move? Move one of the top four for like a Seth Jones or something like that? Yeah, I I personally think that that would be um, the next the next step. You know, if if we're not looking at that next step for this next season, then after that, you're definitely looking for a change. And I was going to say Seth Jones from the beginning, because if you're Columbus right now, like just blow up the team and, and go back and, and try to redo. Cause they, dude, I, sorry, a little off topic here. I'm on Instagram scrolling through, uh, like, you know, the NHL feed and dude, Columbus has won two playoff series in their whole time being an NHL team Two. That's it. Like, like yeah. only two, which is absolutely horrible. Like even, even the Arizona coyotes have won like seven, you know, like it's, it, <laughs> but it, it's just crazy to think that, you know, they're, they're actually went from being like contenders and beating Tampa a couple years ago to, to like now being just so bad, but yeah, they, if they can move Seth, Seth Jones, like I feel like Seth Jones on Toronto would actually be really, really good for Toronto. Like that, that would put them over the top. Can you imagine if like, cause their power play struggled big time. Seth Jones on the power play would help them out so much. So if you trade a, a guy like that, like, or you trade, uh, you know, I don't know. You don't have to trade those four guys, but, um, I mean, you probably do. Like maybe, but at the I same time, if he's you a UFA, a you may and fit Seth Jones' contract. Yeah, I know. It's I mean that you'd have to do a little workaround. That's why I'm not a GM, right? Like I, I'm not I, like I'm a math guy, yeah. but I, I'm not gonna figure that shit out, you know. So <laughs> yeah, that's the other tough thing is that if you are rebuilding in Columbus, you probably want prospects and picks, not like Mitch Marner. Although I, I think Mitch Marner for Seth Jones is a massively one-sided deal. Um, like, I, I don't think Seth Jones has the value to, That's, to yeah. live up to that. Yeah. But um, it's, it's really hard to make a deal there work. Maybe Dougie Hamilton, if you can get him as a UFA, um, and you're shedding some salary with, uh, you got probably, I think Felino's out, um, Simmons, presuming Anderson is out. You have a little bit of space to work with there, but um it's gonna be man dubas has such a tough job holy yeah. shit holy fuck it's tough to say what they should do right now that's probably why they're just everyone's jumping a martyr nobody knows they thought they had the team yeah. to do something this year and now they're like oh, okay but yeah they had a yeah. bunch of old guys the only one that really did anything in the playoffs was jason spezza so but if martyr got definitely traded, keep him then Marner would be playing with Matthews for the first little bit of his career, and then Line, and that would probably drive Toronto True. nuts if True. Marner was beating Line and beating Toronto. But I'd like to see Dude, that. Dude, how many be... goals does Line score on a line yeah. with Marner? That'd be hilarious. Yeah, that, would be a watch. that would be. That really would be. Um, yeah, man. I think, like, I honestly, like, 100% think that if you played these playoffs with the exact same teams 10 times, the Leafs would win the cup maybe two times, one or two times. Um, so I think like you got to keep as much of the team together as you can and just give it another roll of the dice. 
um, because you never don't always win the first time around. Um, you hit a hot goalie, just not getting the bounces, any number of things. Like I even think back to game one, that goal that Paul Byron scored on the short, like the short-handed goal, Nasty. where he's like falling to his knees, puts it over Campbell's glove. It's like, dude. That guy's never going to score like that, a goal like that again in his entire career. He probably hasn't scored one like that in his entire career. So it's like, it feels like, feels like Toronto might be getting punished by the hockey gods for how much of dick bags their fan base is. Um, so turn it around, fans. You gotta, gotta get behind your team. It's, it's insane how critical they are. Um, oh yeah, They're but like but the best. we should, we should move on. Yeah, we we are getting sorry. Go ahead, Kurt. This time, yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say when it when it's when everything's going well, they're just like they're so happy, and then when everything's going to shit, like I saw this one video and this guy was like ripping his license plate off. It was all Toronto stuff, and just like, <laughs> people burning their jerseys or selling them on eBay, and it's like kind of like yeah. an NBA trade when their favorite player leaves, they just burn their jersey. But yeah, yeah, I'm sure yeah. it won't be the last time. I'm just hoping it ends soon because. To see them just consistently lose, even not being a fan. Oh yeah, it hurts big players. time. All your friends are it's painful. Yeah, it hurts big time. Yeah, it's painful to watch. Yeah. Um, um. Fuck, I was gonna say something, I just forgot. Um, it was Toronto. Oh, it's the typical dude. It's the typical Leaf fans. Like I swear, they they. I I don't know. I work with a ton of Leaf fans, and every single time you talk to them, they're like, yep. Uh, Leafs are winning the cup this year. Leafs are winning the cup. It's not even like you know even. Me being a Colorado fan and them having a good team, I'm not even like, yeah, they're winning the cup this year. I'm like, oh, I hope they do damage in the playoffs. I hope that they go far, you know? Because why would you just, like, they just literally watch Toronto Maple Leaf games. That's it. They don't watch any other games in the rest of the league. And then they go, yep, I watched uh, the Leafs win against uh, Ottawa 6-2 last night. They're going to win the cup. And it's like, what? <laughs> okay, sure. Like, I guess, yeah. but Toronto fans. Oh. If you say it enough times. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So ridiculous. Should we uh, just jump into this boring series first? I want to get it out. Yeah, of let's way. talk about yeah. that sweet goal by Jake yeah. Evans. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was... Yeah. Bring it home to Mark Yeah. Holy shit. Come on, Mark. All right, boys. So yeah. what do you guys oh. think? Yeah. yeah, what do you guys um, think about that? Because I've had my opinion I, changed a bit. Yeah, mine has swayed a lot too. Um, I'm going to go real quick because it, mine could get very opinionated. I think it was a clean hit. Yeah. But the intention yeah. was yeah. not there. Like the intention was to absolutely level this kid. And like, I probably, he probably didn't even know that it was Jake Evans, like a younger kid. He just thought it was an NHL player. Shifley's a grown man. Evans is like a rookie coming in. I mean, you're in the show. Keep your head up, I guess. But, I mean, the way Shifley just delivered it, it was a total charge, charging incident. The clean, like the hit was clean, but the hit was dirty at the same time, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, if you're looking at where he hit him, it was mostly chest from what I saw. I could be completely wrong. But, he, I mean, he was like steaming down from center ice, just like not even trying to get the puck off of him and stop the goal so and just basically <laughs> just drilling them like a train so uh, dirty in that sense but the suspension yeah maybe a bit long in my opinion like maybe a two three game but four game i don't know 
it's hard to make those calls. Like, yeah, it's just still frustrating when you see guys like get hit and suspended. And uh, still, man, I'm still salty yeah. about the Tom Wilson. Like, yeah. I'm just no yeah. matter what suspension it's going to be, I'm still salty. He didn't get suspended. That's how I'm going to feel every suspension for a bit. Yeah, that's fair. Get suspended that's fair. <laughs> but Colton, that's what's all, your take? Well, um, so I'm, I'm. I'd say me and Curtis are pretty much on the same page there. Like, I don't know. I, I personally just, it was a, <laughs> oh my God. I haven't seen a hit that massive in like two to three years. Oh, yeah. Like that was absolutely ridiculous. And um, Since there's Nicholas Cronwall retired, dude. It, exactly. I was going to say you got Cronwalled like big time. Um, the, there is a picture I saw on Twitter of somebody that like paused it and took a picture and you see Shifley drop his shoulder like at the hash marks like you can't <laughs> dude you, you can't be lining a guy up from like actually 10 to like maybe 15 yards away from like the guy you see him stop skating and he's gliding sure but he's still going really fast so yeah. I, I and then he just lines him up and you can see his shoulder drop and you're like uh oh this is not gonna end well. So, um, yeah, I think it was a clean hit for sure, but the intention was to injure and you can't have that be the sole reason for you lining a hit up, especially like he didn't even try to go for the puck, even a little bit, like not even a tiny bit. Yeah. Like I, I actually think Shifley yeah. could have made a really good play there if he had like dived and, and like stick checked or something, you know, but I don't know. I don't know. Dude. It reminds me, like, Kurt, remember when we were playing uh, duos, like, 2013 Chell on All-Star mode? Oh. And literally every time, every time you would line up a hit, you see, like, the CPU coming through the neutral zone. You're just like, I'm going to blow this guy up. Every single time, the puck ends up in your net, but you just cranked a dude, so it's, like, kind of worth it. <laughs> That's kind of what this felt like. <laughs> but, no, I mean, you could just yeah, it, it's a good point that, yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, I think it is a good point that maybe if he doesn't stop stop skating at the top of the circle, he can get his stick on the puck. But I also think watching it in slow motion doesn't really do Shifley justice because that's such a bang bang play. Like the, it, it's probably not even a second from the time he hits the top of the circle to the time the hit is delivered. So I'm thinking. That's a decision, like, the decision to hit rather than stick check probably occurs right, like, right around when he stops skating or maybe even, like, at the blue line, right? Where he sees him coming in around the net, he's like, I can get him before he tucks that puck in um, and then stop the goal. And that, that is what Shifley said he did. I mean, obviously, he can say whatever he wants. That doesn't necessarily mean it's true, but I feel like, at that point you're committed and then you just have to go with like, like you're, you're not going to be able to halfway, halfway change it out. Um, and I would also say like people looking for big hits like that, like there's no problem with that. Um, the problem with this specific hit and it's in a context that doesn't happen very often where someone just back checked literally 200 feet to make that hit. Right. There's not very many times in a hockey game where you skate 200 feet in a straight line and then are able to deliver a hit. And that's where the charge comes in. And definitionally that's a charge hundred yep. um, percent. So on that front, I think there it is 
not within the rules because of that specific part of the play. I think the way the hit was delivered was clean. Big fucking hit, obviously. Um, but I mean, big hits happen all the time. I think if if Evans, if Evans, yeah, it got crushed. But if Evans gets up, we're not talking about this, right? It's yeah. it's completely non-issue. Um, so I I don't know. I I personally I thought it would be one or two games. Um, obviously, it's impossible to predict with George Peros, who the fuck knows what he's what's going through his head, if anything. Um, but yeah, I thought that thought, I thought the suspension was a little bit harsh. And I do think like, as someone myself that hasn't played, obviously never in the NHL and not hockey at any, any sort of high level, you kind of have to defer or at least consider the opinions of people that are playing the game or have played the game. And I don't know if I've heard a single former or current NHL player that doesn't play for the Montreal Canadiens say that that was a dirty hit um a lot of people you know it's the nhl you got to keep your head up he didn't really protect himself at all maybe he's not expecting it maybe it's just because that play is so unique you're not really expecting someone to be flying full speed down the ice at you um but i think you have to take into consideration what what people in the league and what people that were formerly in the league kind of what their take on it is and i mean it is true that he didn't really brace himself all that much. And you don't want to blame the guy for getting his head blown off, but um, it's not like it was a headshot. Uh, it was it, the contact of the hit was clean. Oh yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think you, that's, that's a type of hit that you absolutely cannot eliminate from the game because if you do that, you're just eliminating hitting entirely, which nobody wants. Yeah. Um, I agree. It's unfortunate that he got injured obviously. And like, hopefully he's okay, but I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it's harsh to give Shifley four games for it. Um, and I don't even know if you can say the intent is necessarily to to injure. The intent is to blow him up. But people go into hits like that with that intention all the time in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, um, that's fair. Maybe they don't make good as good contact. Maybe they haven't skated 200 feet prior to making the hit. But it happens all the time. So I think it's a little bit unfortunate um obviously it is that that jake evans got injured but um yeah i don't know it's it's crazy because the discourse on it is either oh it was a clean hit like old school hockey baby or it's like oh this person should be suspended for the rest of the season and there's a clear difference between analysts that didn't play the game and people that have played the game prior and they're they're on like without fail on opposite sides of this this discussion right so yeah um it's a tough one because everyone everyone has an opinion on this yeah and it looks like what the worst of it was after the hit like he got hit and then he kind of landed on his face and that was what kind of did the most of the damage and like i saw a thing of shifley people are coming after his family and stuff it's like yeah come on yeah relax um like this wasn't anything done by shifley's parents leave them out of it People targeting them was just silly and ridiculous that people yeah. would even yeah. do for levels like that. Um, this is you play a contact sport, like you said. Like you get rid of this, you get rid of hitting. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe there is like a case, like not that it wasn't a dirty hit, but reminder: everyone keep their head up and like you can get yeah. hit if you have the puck. So no suey passes. Uh, keep your head up if you don't know what's <laughs> yeah. coming towards you because you could get fucking leveled. Yeah. Like, 
yeah they and they've said they've said in the last little bit too that it's been very apparent that these oh um because it was kotkin yemi last year that got absolutely blown up they were like well it's not it's not fair to the players that are already in the nhl to be getting suspended for when young players go into the boards with their head down like you need you grew growing up playing contact hockey they tell you to keep your head up and ha keep your head on a swivel because if you don't then this happens you get absolutely destroyed and i've had it happen to me i've done it to other people when i played contact uh hockey and dude it doesn't feel good but after that after you get blown up like that man do you ever keep your head up like you're not making that same mistake again and if you are then you're just getting overconfident and that's when stuff like this happens so i i totally agree that if you if you suspend a hit like this for the hit itself then you might as well just get rid of contact altogether because that was a great hit it was a great hit it was just unfortunate the circumstance um quickly before before i uh before i end my point though mike how much money would it take for you to recreate that sequence but it's you getting hit how much money <laughs> it probably not that much i'm not all that protective of my head <laughs> yeah actually yeah that's fair what are, what are we talking like grand. number wise like if somebody <laughs> if somebody was like a thousand dollars a thousand dollars i'd say a thousand vodka sodas okay okay yeah. that's doable i think we could make that one. <laughs> like five three to six grand depending where you're buying them yeah yeah, I, yeah that's not too bad <laughs> But, dude, one thing that I think people haven't really talked about, and, like, because so much of the talk has been about, like, oh, the intent is to injure. It's like, dude, if he wanted to, like, he could have ended his career. Like, you know, oh, he yeah. Shifley yeah. did, other than skating really fast for the entire ice surface, the actual contact of the hit, he did basically everything he could to make it a clean hit. It's like, he could have easily popped his shoulder there, and it would have been a completely different situation, right? So I think it's really harsh to say, oh, he was trying to injure him because, like, yeah, he's trying to make a big hit. But I don't think he's trying to specifically injure him because if he were, it could have been so, so much worse. Um, but, I mean, it's tough. Yeah, and and as you it. said, man, like, going after his family, like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's just uncalled for. I think Shifley's a, a dirty player. Like... This is oh. his first, like, actual, like, kind of suspendable hit, I'm pretty sure. Maybe there's people that have probably watched yeah. Winnipeg games, and they're like, man, he, he's dirty because he did this to his player, but he's not a consistent player that's doing these things. So, yeah. Um, I want to just say something about the series. There's nothing really to yeah, talk let's get about into the this series. other than this hit, um, really, because this has been one of the most boring, boring. series of the playoffs, like you said. But... Yeah, man, Winnipeg is losing these games because they're just Montreal once again, and maybe this is the Montreal of this earlier this season. But in my opinion, I was saying to you guys earlier, um, man, maybe when like maybe Montreal is playing their game now, and Winnipeg's kind of just playing into Montreal's game like Toronto did, where Montreal's yeah. forcing all these shots to the outside, making it carry prices like pretty his job really easy to kind of make these saves push the pucks out like cover the puck get these face-offs and montreal can kind of just score a shorthanded cheeky goal like to foley just ripping it top shelf like and a one goal game kind of win it so i don't know if winnipeg's gonna win a game they gotta win it tonight in montreal 
and they got to score some more yeah. goals. And there's probably going to be fans in the stands, so it might be a might be a tough building tonight, depending on the the yeah. rules. So I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, one of the dulls of the series for me. Yeah, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but like the as you said, game two, like even the last five minutes when Winnipeg, well, like, I mean. Montreal basically spent the entire third period in their own zone, just dumping the puck out, um, which is really frustrating to watch because it's like you don't really want to see a team that plays like that win. Um, I, I'm going to go for them if they get through because they're the Canadian team left, but it's kind of a drag to watch. Um, and Winnipeg never really looked like scoring. Like, as you said, they're taking one tease from, like, the bottom or out the outside of the circle. And it's like Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers have great shots, but... It's going to take a lot to beat Carey Price from there. Um, and then yeah. Montreal has the speed, and they have that skill with, like, Anderson, Toffoli, Suzuki, Caulfield, Kakanyemi's buzzing as well. It's like those guys have, like, good shots. They, they have the speed to, like, if they get a chance, you know, they might score. Um, and it, it does kind of feel like I personally going into the series, I thought Winnipeg and Montreal were going to play similar styles, and Winnipeg was just going to be slightly better at it. But it does feel like both teams kind of want to be the team counterattacking um, and, like, defending most. And Montreal has managed to get themselves defending more than Winnipeg has. And Montreal is getting the odd man rushes. They're getting the chances on the counter. Um, where it feels like that's the strength of both teams. And Winnipeg's kind of playing into Montreal rather than the other way around. Yeah. Um, and, dude, like, at this point, 2-0 down... Winnipeg probably has to win both in Montreal here, which is going to be a tough ask because I, I don't know how, if they have more, but 2,500 player or 2,500 people in the stands. It's like that building was kind of rocking for how few people were there yeah. in the game six against Toronto. So shit, man. It's Montreal, man. They got crazy fans. They're going to make a lot of noise regardless yeah. of the numbers. So that's what I'm saying. Like it yeah, could be a hard yeah. building for them tonight so yeah good. it's i i feel like the yeah. the rest of this series is actually going to be more interesting compared to the first two games because like at this point what does winnipeg have to lose right like they have to winnipeg has to come out flying in this next uh in in these next two games and if they're not then you know what's going to happen Big the, jets are, the jets <laughs> yeah. are gonna go down man the jets are going to crash uh, you know and that's yeah. we can't have that happen, especially against. We, I mean, I sent you guys that one picture on Instagram. The one guy that broke it down pretty the playoffs pretty well. Like Canadians probably are not going to win <laughs> against Jets, right? Like like Jets can blow up Canadian people. So it's it's just if you go off of what they are themselves, Jets win. So I'm saying, um, I if we're still doing a predict, no, I'm just kidding. We're not doing predictions, but I still think the Jets are going to win, even if it goes seven games um also wow. quickly i feel like we haven't talked about this enough but guys like the amount of times that we're seeing cole caulfield on the score sheet and not even just on the score sheet but making absolutely dirty plays like he is the future of the montreal canadians and we're seeing it in oh in times God. where he needs to step up and be somebody and he's a rookie in the nhl and he's making these plays in the playoffs some of these like you look at guys like for example we just spent 40 minutes talking about Toronto Maple Leafs like Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews just disappear in the playoffs this guy is like he's like the polar opposite this guy is just absolutely ripping fat Chedster so I, I don't know I'm 
I'm liking Cole Caulfield so far. And it, like we said before yeah, in that first series, when Caulfield and Kotkaniemi got sat, I was pissed because I was like, that's not the right move, man. Not the right move at all. Yeah. These guys, you're holding your team back big time. And ever since they got back in the lineup, Montreal's looked like a different squad. So, uh, yeah, yeah it's crazy. Yeah, him but... and Nick Suzuki, man. Oh, that's a yeah. line. Yeah, that's the future right there for the Canadian. Did yeah. I say it right, Mike? The Canadian? I think so, yeah. Okay. Canadian. And that, yeah. Nick, that <laughs> Nick Suzuki role was just absolutely oh, disgusting. Yeah. Where he got around yeah. Hellebuck. Like, man. Oh. A player from Vegas Ugh. in that Pacioretty game. Imagine if Vegas. Oh. Like, True. Obviously, Pacioretty is good stuff. But, man, Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, fire. Yeah. Fire. Yeah. Pretty good play. Yeah. And they still have Ryan Paling in the system too. They got uh, oh, they got some true. good forwards coming up. Um, but uh, Tampa Bay Carolina boys, <laughs> did you guys? Did <laughs> okay, last Not that again. was the last one. What a goal he scored, though, eh? Yeah, no, it was a good wrap round. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> I was sorry to cut you off there, though, um, Mike. What were you Tampa saying? Bay Carolina boys. Did yeah, okay. Tampa Bay, Carolina, did you guys catch the game yesterday? That second period was fucked. Oh, dude. Like, it was like every time we looked at the TV, there was a different score. I'm like, this is kind of exactly yeah. like how the Florida series was, eh? Like, just a shootout. Yeah, I was pissed because Carolina was absolutely fucking them five on five, and then they took three penalties in the second period, and Tampa scored on all three. And then it's like, well, that's fucked. They went from 4-2 to 5-4. They were, they were, like, Tampa looked absolutely rattled after it went up 4-2 Carolina, and then uh, I think it was Jake Bean took a penalty to stop a 2-on-1, scored right away. They took a nut, Svechnikov took a penalty, scored right away. And then yeah. it's like, well, shit, man. Like, yeah. they, let, they let Tampa back into that game, and it's tough. But I would say putting Peter Mrazek in after game two, like, Nadelkovic played great. Don't get me wrong. He let that one really bad one in, after, in at the end of game one, to which ended up being the game winner, which was a tough one for him. But um, yeah. I thought like it's kind of harsh to take him out from Mrazek, but for whatever reason, they've been. I think they've been playing better in front of Mrazek, and he's been making those like timely saves. You know what I mean? Not necessarily the best saves, but like when you need a save, he's been making them. Obviously, other than the fucking five goals or four goals he let in in the second period. But I don't even think you can really blame any of those on him. Oh, they kind of looked like they just kind of had one of those inexperienced, like the team just kind of let off like halfway through the game, right when they had like that death grip on them where they could put them to sleep. But Tampa being Tampa, of course they scored the game. Like I was just bringing my TV outside because it's, it's that perfect time of year where, we can watch the games outside and sit on the back deck, have a couple of drinks, and it's oh, beautiful baby. out. And I was like, yeah, I'll just wait for the end of the period because it was like three minutes or four or five minutes left in the game. And uh, so I was doing something else. I look at my phone. It's 5-4. They scored three goals in like the span of six minutes oh, to end that, that period. And I was like, well, sat down, got the TV set up for the third period, and immediately they scored – uh, or Kucherov scored that one just like behind his back and everything just kind of flung the puck five hole, just an absolutely stinky goal to, to put Carolina to sleep. So Tampa did a reverse uno on that one for, for Carolina, but man, 
I think Carolina's got Uno. <laughs> the reverse card. <laughs> I think they got a couple more games in them to win, but I yeah, I'm starting to lean towards Tampa winning this thing. They just look yeah, good. they look good, man. They look really good. It felt like Carolina needed to take advantage of scoring four against Vasilevsky that game. Yeah, how many more do you score on them next yeah. game or something? Yeah. So not going to be easy. That's for sure. I uh, I like what I've been seeing so far from both teams. It just sucks that like Tampa is playing some absolutely unreal hockey. Like I I don't know. I I love Tampa, and I think that their team is so methodically built from top to bottom that it's hard to cheer for anybody else because they 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 are essentially the favorites. And you know what? It's funny actually that this is the year after they won the cup so they're still like on that stanley cup hangover kind of in a sense but if they're hungover dude they they're not like my kind of hungover because my kind of hungover is not like that that's for sure these guys are absolutely ripping and uh kurt me and you were watching the game yesterday and holy fuck man like carolina's a great team but it's like every single time you give them even a little bit of space and they just they run with it and it's on all of a sudden in the back of the net and it's like okay this is like how do you if you're carolina what do you do differently you know what i mean i guess you don't take penalties that's one thing but i know it's it's crazy because tampa has that team where they have four like just really good consistent lines where we were saying like in like previous episodes, if you go back 20, 30 episodes, I don't know how many it would be of saying exactly why Tampa won the cup. They're still running that same formula and it's still working like super well for them. Um, and honestly, if Tampa, Vegas, Tampa, Colorado, whoever's in the, in the playoff finals or Stanley cup finals, that is going to be one hell of a series. Oh my God. Them are, um, and I just love games like that. That's why I've loved this playoffs. Like, especially this series round two, the electric games, man, just seems like we're bringing in like more fans and everything. And I mean, you can like to keep the league small, but I'd like to grow it and have hockey be more dominant around the yeah. U S too. And it seems like a lot of people that aren't normal hockey fans are coming in, jumping into these games that are just obviously makes you fall in love with the game of hockey and stuff. And they're just, this is what you wait for all year for these really emotional, good games. And, I mean, Carolina, if they do something special, this is the playoffs. The Leafs just blew a 3-1 lead. So maybe uh, maybe the oh, colors yeah, are the issue. And then Tampa Bay is about to blow one here. But we'll see. I like that theory. <laughs> yeah. Hot take. Hot take of the week. That was my TSN noise. Yeah, dude, I think something else. Like Kucherov's leading the playoffs in points right now, right? Um. And you gotta, there's something to be said for having not played all season. Like, obviously, you, you're worried about a little bit of rust, but Buddy came in fully rested, and I think it's showing now. Like, he hit the ground running, and he's absolutely buzzing. That power play is unreal now that he's back. And uh, I also feel like Tampa Bay, Colorado should have been the cup final last year. Yeah. So it would be kind of cool to see it this year just to see cuz I think those probably are probably are the two best teams on paper at least. Maybe not maybe not like I I still think Carolina has a shot in this series. Um 
it's going to be tough. I think because the other thing I think Tampa Bay since the beginning of the playoffs last year, they're nine and zero or ten and zero now after last night's game in games after a loss. So they haven't lost two games in a row in the playoffs in two years. Wow, um, that's actually an insane. Which stat. I mean, it's pretty hard to lose a playoff series if you don't. Yeah, dude. It's like, how do you beat a team that never loses two in a row? It's like that's that's seven game. That's a seven game series they win. Yeah. Um. So it's gonna be it's gonna be really tough for anyone to beat them. And I mean, maybe I don't know. I don't know about them against Boston or the Islanders, but it really does feel like Colorado Tampa is the series that it's meant to be at the end. Um, and it'd be fun to see because I think Colorado should have been there last year. Obviously they didn't have the goaltending. We've touched on that a bunch, but, um, that would be a, a, a serious, uh, clash of heavyweights there because both teams with high powered offenses, but have that kind of like physical, physical side of the game that generally benefits you in the playoffs. So, um, that would be a really fun one to see, but I still really want Tampa to lose this one. As you said last week, Colton, like they're kind of the the villain in the playoffs this year and uh I, I i i just want carolina to to get at least conference finals i think if they'd come up against boston or the islanders they've got a really good shot and then cup final anything can happen but uh it's gonna be so hard to get past this tampa team yeah i uh and you know what one thing that we haven't touched on really all that much is how much tampa is uh their success rate on the power play is just it's it's at a point where now where if you're Carolina, you need to be disciplined. If you're if you're even giving them one or two power plays, like I'd say it's I'm not sure the exact stat. And I saw something the other day that said Colorado and uh Tampa are both at like they're, almost fifty percent on the power play. Like it's fucked up how how yeah, much they're they're, they're like forty or forty two percent. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like if you if you're the Golden Knights or you're Carolina if you stick to just playing disciplined hockey and you're not ending up in the box, then you're taking away an aspect of the other team's offense completely. And if that's like, let's say like one third of their game, that's a decent amount of, of their style of play that they like to have teams play into that you're taking away and you're essentially making it way easier for yourself to win games. Like, I mean, it was the other night when Colorado won game two uh, in overtime Vegas was outplaying them big time for about a, a period and a half. And then you put Colorado on the power play and Miko Ranton and just rips it. And it's like, you can't, you cannot give these guys an inch because they're just, they're capitalizing yeah. off of the tiniest little mistakes. So if you're, if you can't play a clean game, then you're probably not going to survive uh, against these teams, which is it's yeah, it's feast or famine, you know, dude, I'm glad you brought that up because I mean, Carolina in the Carolina series. Carolina has been by far the better team five on five, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but also, I think the game yesterday, the penalties were six. Tampa Bay had six power plays or seven power plays to Carolina's two or three. Um, so a big discrepancy there. And I mean, I have a bit of a problem. Like, you can always say, stay disciplined, you know, don't take penalties. Man, if you fucking look at what they're calling versus what they're not calling, like it's it's impossible to to discern what's a penalty, what's not. It seems really arbitrary when they call penalties, what they call penalties on. Yeah. Um like Kakinyemi got a penalty 
on a hit in the Winnipeg series where for roughing and it was like, what the fuck? Like you've seen, I've seen people sit on another guy's head for 15 seconds and not get a penalty. Yeah. And he just took the guy down and then like pushed him to the ice. And it was like, oh yeah, two minutes. So it's like, (laughs) you can say, stay disciplined, stay out of the box. But like, dude, I don't even know if it's a discipline thing. You'd kind of just have to get lucky with what the refs call. It feels like, because it really like you could pick out, like Svechnikov got a penalty the other night for roughing, and he like did elevate a little bit to to the head of the the person he was hitting. I forget who, but like literally at the same time, Aho just got decked with a cross check in the back, and it's like, man, like those are both penalties. One gets called, um, and Tampa Bay or Carolina, I feel like has been on the wrong end of those. Like in the Nashville series, they had almost half the power plays that uh, Nashville had in that series. And it's like against Nashville, like their their penalty kill was money, but against Tampa Bay, their penalty kill has still been good. It's just Tampa Bay's power play is better. Exactly. Um, and so I, it's it's hard to say. Like, how do you not take penalties when you don't even know what's going to be a penalty? And then if you really do play penalty free, it feels like you're just putting yourself at a massive disadvantage because the other team is taking those penalties and gaining an advantage from it because they're not getting called all the time. Um, so it's a tough one there. Uh, but I mean, having a great power play that you can say Carolina's power play hasn't been great. They haven't had as many opportunities, but they really do need to take advantage of those, uh, man advantages, uh, to get, to get back because you know, Tampa Bay will. Yeah. I was going to say uh, with you talking about the refs, um, yeah, it just shows you that it's just with the Tim Peel earlier this year, it was, it's not just him, man. That's why like get fire in him was not like the the right thing to do but well i mean you argue that whatever you want but it just shows that it's kind of just a deep-seated issue throughout the whole nhl yeah. and the way refs have always just learned like it's almost like an apprentice thing i'm pretty sure how you get into the nhl like there's junior refs and then like you eventually like move your way up um just kind of like learning the game like you might start as a linesman and then become a referee uh calling penalties and stuff but yeah, there's something they need to go back to school or something because this is getting ridiculous deciding these games in the playoffs where they're just calling based on what yeah, they think. Man. Oh, you deserve a penalty at this point? Yeah, okay. And I agree completely. Yeah. And I don't I don't remember it being this bad in the past. Maybe I'm paying more attention to it now, but it is like genuinely frustrating to watch at times where it's like in a two minute and like one shift by like say first line against first line you can pick out like five or six penalties. Like Kevin Bieksa did a highlight on a Kucherov shift um, a, a couple games back. And he's like talking about how he plays with bite. And like, that's, that's a positive, right? <laughs> he showed, I think six clips, three of which were penalties that just didn't get called. Right. And so if they don't get called, that's, that's a hundred percent positive, right? You're, you're getting away with stuff and you're making it hard to play against you. But if they do get called, it's like, oh, well, that's undisciplined. Um, And it really doesn't feel like there's any rhyme or reason to what gets called and what doesn't. I genuinely think both the refs should just go to the team and say, hey, we're going to call three penalties on you this game. Um, We're not going to tell you why or for what or when we're going to call them. But each of you are going to get three power plays. And uh, we're just going to leave it at that. Because that's kind of what it feels like at this point. Yeah. It's up for just a coin toss every single call yeah Yeah. but uh 
boys, we gotta we gotta gotta rip through this. Um, we kind of already touched on Colorado Vegas. I do want to say though, Colorado looks so fucking good. That game one, that's that's the best hockey I've seen in years. That was insane. That yeah, was that was a, that was crazy. The the boys are actually like they were buzzing big time in that game, and the last two games have been a lot closer. Um, and I think we we expected that. Uh, we've, I mean, the series throughout uh or with Colorado and Vegas, like the season series was was very split. Um, there wasn't really a game that was really uh one sided. But that being said, I think. You know, we the the last two games we've seen Vegas have a big push tonight. I wouldn't be surprised. We saw I I heard uh, Jared Bednar on. There was a bunch of clips uh, of him calling out the the top line and and calling out uh you know, pretty much McKinnon, Ranton, and Landis Coggin being like, hey, look what their top line did tonight, and look what we did. Like there was apparently a lot of shifts where um there wasn't any back checking or you know maybe a little lazy with the sticks and stuff like that led to goals so um stuff that just can't happen especially with a team like vegas um the the passes need to be crisp it almost seems like uh uh, the highlights when i was watching of game three that there was a lot of you know not moving the legs a lot of just gliding around uh getting caught in their own end with doing a you know a shitty play which i mean if we've seen if you've watched any of the Colorado games in the last like two weeks, Colorado does not have a tough time getting out of their own end. And uh, the the past two games, it's been rough uh, watching the the breakouts. So I think we'll see a little bit of a pushback from Colorado tonight, um, trying to you know make sure Vegas doesn't get too much momentum and and tie the series. But um, yeah, I one thing we we I think everybody can agree on is. Um, did did we expect Philip Grubauer to be playing as well as he has in this series and and just in the playoffs in general? Because man, he he's absolutely putting up a wall. Like it, it's funny yeah. too because the the Vesna Trophy candidates are all still playing in the playoffs, and Mark Andre Fleury and Grubauer are are uh, both uh, nominees. And man, both of them are just looking absolutely incredible. Like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, man. Having Flower back there, having Leonard too. Like obviously Leonard looked like not very good in the the first game, but uh, just having Flurry to rotate back in there, man. Vegas, I just dude, they play a game where they can come yeah. back. This like, yeah, it's uh they're showing like after that first game, it looked like they were outclassed, but they're really showing their quality. And on that Vesna thing, how fucked up is it that? Fleury has never been a Vezina finalist. Yeah. Super How is that weird. even possible? That, that, that is crazy, is dude. Crazy. This is the first time. Didn't he yeah. win an award recently? Or yeah, but not the Vezina. No, man. He he's only ever finished fourth or lower in Vezina voting before this year. Oh my! Nuts. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know how. I, I saw it. I was like, that that has to be a mistake, but apparently not. Yeah weird um, people just not liking him up. i guess eh? and yeah i'm fired up for the game tonight the big yeah, game yeah i'm fired up for the the colorado game tonight too boys because kale mccarr i genuinely think kale mccarr might be my favorite player to watch in the whole league right now he's just sick <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's he's he is the definition of big bapu yeah, yeah big every play he makes bapu 
yeah it's every single play it's just like holy this guy is and i mean he's only what three years into the league like it, this guy still has so much Ooh, development and so much so much more of a ceiling to go that it's like we we're not seeing an eric carlson 2.0 we're seeing a kale mccarr 1.0 buddy like this guy is unreal yeah so wow. every time he gets the puck i'm like oh, come on kale come on and all of a sudden i see him do something i'm like oh my god oh my god i i, I didn't expect him to do that like what exceeds my expectations every Dude, time his stick when he walks the, the blue line yeah, when he walks the blue line, he literally makes the wingers covering the points look like fish out of water. Yeah. They're just like <laughs> flopping around on their stomachs trying to get their stick in front of a fucking yeah. shooting lid. Oh yeah. Um but There's boys, any... you got you guys have got any thoughts? I haven't watched a ton of the Boston Islanders series, but we should touch oh, on it have. quick before we we wrap up here. Oh yeah. I just want to say something thoughts? with uh the Vegas one because Yeah, like, go for it. My second team. I last the last couple games vegas has been coming on like strong in those games but man grubauer has been putting up an absolute wall and this is going to be an important game tonight because it seemed to be like the last half of that game on uh friday or was it or thursday whatever day that was thursday um, yeah thursday i don't even know what day it is today Vegas might have been able to find more of their game on like how they're going to solve the, the goalie. And like, yeah, Colton was saying the other day, he's like that one bank goal isn't good, but man, game, hockey is all about like luck and like banking them off there. If they can, can get one in, I think Vegas will take them either way they can get them, but this is a big one. They go up two two back to Colorado for game three. That's one where you get one going. And I think honestly, that's when Colorado, if they're going to win the series, they can come away with that. They might lose another one here tonight, but then they'll have what it takes to win the next two games, I think. So this is me really yeah, good. Got to win at home. This is a must watch game. If you're a hockey fan, you got to watch this game. Um, yeah. This is going to be one, one of those games that is one of those games that, yeah, it's just great. Yeah. hundred percent, dude. I honestly <laughs> seeing Colorado play this year. One of those games, baby. <laughs> seeing Colorado play this year, man, like it really does feel like if Grubauer hadn't been injured last year, they might have won the cup. Like yeah. they're that good. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's just unfortunate because even with Michael Hutchinson and Nett, they still brought it to overtime and in game seven. Like, no offense to that guy, because he's he could stop way more pucks than me. But uh, you know, that is um one of those situations where you're like, all right, well. You could literally, you could have taken one of the defensemen, dressed them up, thrown them in net, and been like, all right, what are we going to do here, boys? Yeah, like... it's not, not ideal. We'll say that much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Mike, as you were saying before, plugging away into this uh, Boston and Islanders series, it's funny you say that you haven't watched a whole lot of games, because I feel like me and Kurt have almost watched every single game of the series so far. Um, Kurt can, can talk a little bit more about it than I can, just because I've been on night shift, so I haven't been able to watch everyone. But, oh, man, it, the, I was saying this to Kurt yesterday. I, is it just me or are the Islanders actually playing, like, somewhat entertaining hockey right now? It's very strange. But, like I said last week, last week's episode, I said the Islanders need to have Matt Barzell step up. And what's been happening? Matt Barzell has been snapping his fingers and, and just, like, the puck goes in the net. Like, like easy. Like, easy money. And it's crazy because the Islanders are a completely different team when he's scoring. It's crazy. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Tuka Rask has been playing unreal. If uh, 
it's almost the same situation as Colorado. I feel like Boston could have done a lot more last year if Tuka Rask was in the bubble. Um, but him going home, True. you know, yeah. definitely through a little, uh, and we've seen Halak, what, maybe zero times in the last, like, 15 games. So, um, yeah. it just goes to show you that they're really putting all their, uh, or they, they are trusting in Tuka, and how can you not? He's brought them so far every single time. And, uh, I mean, that Marshawn goal on Varley, like, maybe he wants that one back. People are saying it was a bad goal on Varlamov's part. I think it was just disgusting shot. Like, I don't know. You guys yeah, probably have the same same thoughts as me. Like, that was just... You can't pick the opposite corner and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, you should have had that. Like, no, dude. That was just a great spot. Like, that was top cheesy. Yeah. This game... If this, is, uh, if this is how Barry Trotz plays in the playoffs, man, like... This is way more entertaining than the regular season where the New York Islanders play that defensive <laughs> game. And Matt Barzell has got these, like, he's not the, obviously the driving force of why they're playing well and everything, but he's just coming up in the clutch, like, every game. He's scoring a goal, like, in a, in a key moment that kind of, like, helps your team get that momentum to push through and get the win, especially the last two games. That yeah. goal last night where he just hit it right as it landed was almost oh. like this boot slow where it was like up in the air and then it landed yeah. and he just flung it there and the coliseum man exploded exactly for their name because it's just like the roman coliseum where their fans are ruthless they chirp you just like boston and uh they're rowdy as hell man Bastard. this is like been yeah talk about every single game so talk about a clash of two fucking fan bases eh no kidding um how much how much of the entertainment value do you think is from the Islanders playing more entertaining hockey and how much of it is from just being able to watch a full arena? Because I found that with like the, the lightning Florida series in the first round, obviously the series was great, but it's just crazy. Like when something like when there's a hit and then the fans go crazy, it's like, Oh shit. Like this is crazy. Yeah, it's like you're just not not used to it anymore, and it's like, damn, dude. And the Nassau Coliseum is bumping. Something great about hockey, like soccer, you can kind of just be sitting there, like being normal, and then like you'll build momentum, and then all of a sudden, the like you're always waiting for the puck to go in, and then that's when like the, everyone like jumps up and really is like, what's so fun to watch? Like you're just people freak the fuck out when they score a big goal. And the whole place is going rowdy as hell. Um, I just can't wait to get back in like a stadium like that. And I'm jealous, man. These these American games just that's probably why the Canadian division sucks right now is there's just not any like emotion that kind of pushes the teams to play better, you know, in these Canadian ones. Just yeah, they're just still playing like their pickup league, like regular season. Um, it just kind of looks weird seems like they don't have emotions going back to that one real quick but yeah it's gonna be a rude awakening going into the conference final well they just i just got a notification saying that canada is exempting the teams to travel over for the the round three so depending on who that is but yeah they'll still be playing in empty arenas though oh yeah like close to empty yeah I mean, as long as they don't have, as long as the Canadians team don't have the, those 550 healthcare workers that were at that Toronto game seven, I think they're going to be all right. Cause they it's were not just Leafs like, fans. Just yeah, exactly. Fans. They were just hockey fans, buddy. Just hockey fans. Dude, I saw <laughs> I mean, someone say, man, 
I saw someone say, dude, why are you letting uh, front front uh, line healthcare workers into the Leafs game? Haven't they been through enough? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, anybody but. <laughs> yeah. Was it uh, um, Was it you that said, Mike? You or No, I don't, I don't even know if it was you, but it was like 550 healthcare workers in the building and not one could stop the Leafs from choking. Like, <laughs> just <laughs> like, like just the most savage roast ever. Like, come on. Oh, They've been through no. enough, man. Like, oh, <laughs> relax. Are we going to do these round cup predictions again for this round? Yeah, I think. I think we should touch base because I think Colton, you took Colorado and Kurt, you took Vegas. I took uh, <clears throat> Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, have your have your predictions changed at all? Who do you think who do you think takes the cup from here? Having seen what we've seen so far, my final now is uh, I'm going with. Colorado, Tampa Bay, I think. Um, but I would like to see Vegas, Tampa Bay. That'd be fucking good as well. Um, but I'm going Colorado, Tampa Bay. I'm hoping, because that would be one hell of a series, like I said earlier. Um, that'd just be a great one to watch. That's what I'm going. New York, maybe. Colorado, New York would be good too. Mm, yeah. Really? Yeah, that's my final. Actually, I'm going to go Colorado and New York Islanders because Islanders are kind of a wagon, man. They're playing wow. good hockey, like 200 foot. I I think that would be a yeah. sick matchup, Tampa Bay, New York, now that I'm looking at it on, on the screen. So, yeah, change it up there. Hmm. Yeah, um, for, okay. me, cool. uh, for me, I'm going to uh, toss in a, a, a little, you know, I think it's, it's going to be, uh, I personally think that Carolina has tons of life still in this series. So I personally am Let's thinking go. forces of nature, Stanley cup, final Colorado avalanche versus Carolina hurricanes. I, I think it's going to happen. CC. Yeah. I, I get honestly the cup, get the cup to KW baby. Yeah. Seriously. That'd be awesome. But I, I seriously think that, uh, I think that Carolina can do it. So, uh, we'll, we'll see. I we'll see. It. Yeah. I love it, man. I, I think, Obviously, obviously, the Leafs lost in the first round, so my uh, my Leafs prediction is out the window, crashed and burned. But uh, I mean, we all knew Colorado is a wagon coming into the playoffs, and if anything, they've exceeded my expectations so far. So I think Colorado takes it this year. I think it's gonna be a Colorado Tampa final. Because um, I actually, I actually still think Boston's gonna beat the Islanders. Um, and I think Tampa Bay probably makes pretty easy work of Boston. So, and, and I mean, I think it's a wash, no matter who comes out of the North division and no matter who comes out of the West, the West is taking that conference final. I don't think it's even close. Um, so we'll see, but, uh, going Colorado, Tampa with Colorado cup one. Yes. Yeah, see, and the crazy part is about us speculating all this too, is that once we get out of the, the, the second round, we're seeing teams that have never played each other like this season so far. Yeah. Like some teams are completely different. That's going to be sick, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Some teams are completely different compared to like, like for example, Tampa playing Boston uh, last year would have been a completely different team now 
compared to like mm -hmm. this season right so uh anything can really go and that's why i think uh i mean if you're gonna have a, a hot take of the week then you might as well have it this week because i mean like this season anything can happen and uh yeah uh, you, you just don't want to get too hot because i mean you know that's when you get burned right so <laughs> don't want to burn the nutsack yeah that's exactly you watch uh pull, keep, pull, it, keep it bronzed yeah keep yeah, it keep a little spf on the on the sunscreen there buddy <laughs> for our manscape uh ad yeah seriously that's yeah seriously yeah hey by the way uh this episode sponsor is uh brought to you by <laughs> oh friggin' rates bud and uh thanks i wonder i wonder if they have a I wonder if they have a tool to stop stop my uh, ball tan from getting the the wrinkles in it. Can I like unwrinkle my ball tan? They might. Wow. We should reach out see if we can get a free sponsor. Yeah, that might just be your old age. Maybe but... maybe nobody's <laughs> ever asked that before. <laughs> hey, they they yeah they probably are in the works right now already. They're always ten steps uh, yeah, ten steps I'm ahead. Sure. Grandfather clocks. I'm sure they'd help us out. <laughs> <laughs> oh i love it all right guys well uh we're up in an hour and a half so we'll uh wrap it up unless any of you guys have anything else to say uh to conclude episode 47 of the bond go vegas wow <laughs> just disrespectful i got nothing buddy <laughs> all right sounds good well guys uh thank you so much for listening if you have made it this far we appreciate you a lot and um Go follow us on our socials. We'll have them in the description of the uh, podcast. And also you can find this episode and more on YouTube uh, at The Pond on YouTube. So go check out those clips. And um, yeah, guys, thank you very much. And uh, enjoy the rest of your week and round two. Uh, by next episode, what do you guys think? Are we in round three or? I think yeah. so. I think so. Yeah. I, I, I Kurt's holding out on seven games. <laughs> yeah. He's holding out for a hero. <laughs> but nice. but yeah we'll we'll see guys and uh yeah so <laughs> if if your team is still in it let us know who you are cheering for on our socials um and yeah we hope uh your team moves on if it's colorado then we really hope your team moves on anyways thanks so much for listening guys uh <laughs> and we'll talk to you next week um yeah pa -pa 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 -pa. peace peace everyone Freaking what up